Um, Bible reading this morning comes from Revelation chapter 4, and we've also got a text verse out of um, Psalms as well. So, Revelation chapter 4. After this I looked, and there in heaven was an open door. The first voice that I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and there was a throne in heaven, and someone was seated on it. The one seated there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian stone. A rainbow that had had the appearance of an emerald surrounded the throne. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones sat 24 elders dressed in white clothes with golden crowns on their head. Flashes of lightning and rumblings and peal of thunder came from the throne. Seven fiery torches were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Something like a sea of glass, similar to crystal, was also before the throne. Four living creatures covered with eyes in front and in back were around the throne on each side. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like an ox. The third living creature had the face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings. They were covered with eyes around and inside. Day and night they never stop, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God the Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. Whenever the living creatures give honour, glory, and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne and say, Our Lord and God, you are worthy to receive glory and honour and power because you have created all things and by your will they exist and were created. And the second um, reading, the text verse comes from Psalm chapter 86. Um, Verse 12. I will praise you with all my heart, Lord my God, and I will honour your name forever. So far the reading. Coming up to Christmas once again, we can't help but be in awe of our great and wonderful God who went to such incredible lengths to bring us back into a right relationship with him. We stand amazed at the Son of God leaving his throne of glory to come down to this earth of pain and sorrow to rescue us by suffering and dying a terrible death. When we consider all that he's done for us, how we can do anything, how can we do anything other than give him glory? But we talk about giving glory, don't we? And we sing glory to God. But how do we really glorify God? 
What does it actually mean to glorify Him? Well, it means that we acknowledge Him and affirm Him as the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. It means that we praise Him and worship Him for who He is and for what He has done, what He is doing and what He will do. It means acknowledging that we are nothing and He is everything. It means that we submit to Him in everything, no matter how unpalatable, no matter how painful, no matter how terrifying it may be. It means that we acknowledge that He is the Master and we are the servants. He is the owner and we are the slaves. All we are and all we have belongs to Him. And he has the right to do with us and all that belongs to us as he pleases. We acknowledge that he does not need our permission for anything. Before him we have no rights except for the rights granted to us by him. It means total submission to him as Lord of all. It means trusting him completely in everything, not just for ourselves, but for also for all we hold dear. Trusting him when we don't understand, when we can't see what is ahead, when our little world is battered and bruised and we can't see a way out. That's what it means to give glory to God. Glorifying God is not just a matter of songs and words. It's a lifestyle. It's complete surrender. It is living for God all of the days of our lives and every moment within those days. If we really want to give glory to God, it must be with our all. We cannot give glory to God while singing in church and then ignore Him in the rest of our lives. We cannot humble ourselves before him in praise one moment and turn around and disobey him the next. We cannot glorify him without trusting him. As James says in chapter 3, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Neither can we glorify God while at the same time live in sin. We either glorify him or we don't. If you want to see how we can live a life of glory to God, then all we have to do is look to our Lord Jesus, our perfect example. When Jesus walked on this earth, his whole life revolved around giving glory to God. Everything he did was calculated to bring that about. The miracles he performed, the words he spoke, the actions he took right up to and including his death and resurrection were all designed to give glory to God. We read in John 17, after Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that your Son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all people. To give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. 
Jesus showed us, sorry, and in John 12, we read where Jesus cried out, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Jesus showed us how to glorify God. He gave us an example of what it means to live a life of praise to our Heavenly Father. And what we see is that God in turn glorified the Son. You know, the most wonderful, the most awesome and incredible thing for us is what we see that the Son did with that glory. He passed it on to his people. In John 17, 22, we read, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Paul writes in Romans 8, what, When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. When we truly give glory to God, it pleases him to give glory back to us, for we are joint heirs with the Son. Just imagine that for a moment. We who are mere mortal, sinful human beings, created by the perfect, almighty God, are glorified by that same God when we glorify him. Now how incredible is that? So how do we give glory to God? What does he actually demand of us? And this is where we see what kind of God it is whom we worship. How incredible, how gracious, how merciful he is. Because in fact he demands so very little. All he asks is that we worship him that we acknowledge him for who he is, that we accept the gifts that he brings us through his dear son, our Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't demand that we make great sacrifices for him. That's already been done by, on behalf of us, on our behalf by our Saviour. He doesn't demand that we live lives of austerity, he, for he blesses us with great abundance of all the good things this life has to offer. He doesn't demand that we suffer for our sins, for once again our Lord Jesus has taken all that upon himself on our behalf. And he doesn't demand that we earn our salvation, for our salvation has been bought and paid for on the cross. No, what he demands is sincere faith in him, a genuine sorrow for the sin we have committed seeking his forgiveness. Lives that reflect that we acknowledge that we belong to him by walking according to his good laws. That the love shown to us by him, we in turn show to those around us. As he tells us through his servant Micah, he showed you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Now that's not so hard, is it? In fact, not only has he made it easy for us, he also wants us to enjoy it. 
How many times does the psalmist encourage us to rejoice in the Lord? And the Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians to rejoice in the Lord always. And then repeats that again. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's such a marvelous thing. The more glory and praise we give to our loving God, the more joy we experience. Giving glory to God lifts our hearts and our spirits even when we're in the depths of despair. It's hard to resist rejoicing when we give glory to God from the depths of our being. When we show our love for Him in this way, we bring joy to our loving Heavenly Father. And when God is happy, we can't help but be happy and rejoice. So who should give Him glory? All those who acknowledge Him as Lord. All those who put their trust in Him and serve Him. But what about those who refuse to acknowledge Him in any way? What about those who choose to serve other gods or those who claim there is no God? Should they glorify Him? Paul says in Romans 14, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. And again, Paul says in Philippians 2, Therefore God also highly exalted him, that is Jesus, and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee shall bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And what does that mean? When he says in heaven and on earth and under the earth? It means that not even death can exempt anyone from acknowledging God as Lord and bowing before him. All those who go to their grave refusing to believe will also end up bowing to him for everyone will stand before his throne of judgment, believer and unbeliever alike. All will give glory to our God, either willingly or unwillingly. The psalmist says in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the works of his hands. And as we heard in Psalm 48 earlier, we see that the psalmist does not leave anything out. From the highest heavens, the sun, moon, stars, to all the earth, living and inanimate, as well as all the people from the highest to the lowest. If all creation gives gives him glory, the unbeliever certainly won't be exempt. Everyone will give him glory. All those created by him, for we all belong to him regardless of our attitude towards him. He has the right to demand that of us, and he does demand that of us. All those who refuse will be punished most severely for all eternity. Make no mistake, hell is real, just as heaven is real. And as Jesus said, the road to destruction is broad and many are on it, but the gate to eternal life is narrow and few find it. Give glory to him that you found that narrow gate. So when do we give him glory? In the church service? Well, certainly. But it should not be restricted to that alone. 
We need to give glory to God always in every circumstance. From the time we get up to the time we retire for the night. Now that's easy to say, but is it even possible to glorify God in all circumstances? What if you're very sick? Or if you're going through some great trauma? Maybe the loss of a loved one? Or being told that you only have a short time to live? Do you still glorify God? When we see the world around us being destroyed through war or some natural disaster confronts us, can we still glorify God? Well, when we look at Job, we see someone who did exactly that. After he had lost all his wealth, his cattle, sheep, donkeys, camels, as well as all his children, and he had ten of them, we read that Job stood up and tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Now was Job so special that he alone could do this? Or was he a mere mortal sinner like the rest of us? Well, look what the writer to the Hebrews says about the early church. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. In accepting their suffering with joy, they glorified God. Warwick Marsh is a devout Christian who helped draft the Canberra Declaration and established the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. He tells the following story of what happened during a praise and worship seminar he was running in Mount Isa. A woman in my seminar stood to her feet. I'd asked for stories. She was shaking with emotion. All eyes turned to her. She began her story. And this is what she said as her voice choked with emotion. My 11-year-old daughter loved horses. We lived on a farm. And so we had a couple of horses. She became an accomplished rider. One day, her horse reared up unexpectedly. She fell off the back of the horse onto the ground. And the horse fell back on top of her. We rushed out to help her, but it was too late. She was limp and lifeless. And blood was coming from her ears. We hurriedly called for our doctor. He came quickly and assessed the situation. She was dead. There was no heartbeat and no vital signs. And he drew a white sheet over her and left her lying on a table in the lounge room. I was distraught and weeping uncontrollably. I felt the urge to go outside to get some time on my own and with God. I remember I walked across the barbed wire fence that was around the house and holding onto the barbed wire I looked up to heaven and began to give praise to God through the tears. I thanked him for giving me my daughter. I thanked God for the 11 years we had together and the joy our daughter had brought to our family. 
I began to praise God as the tears streamed down my face, thanking him that he had given us his son and giving praise to God in the midst of my tears. I can't really remember, but maybe the words of the song maybe came back to me. Ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His work is perfect and all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness without injustice. Good and upright is he. It was then I heard a yell from the house. Someone had heard my daughter cough. I rushed back into the house and sure enough, as we pulled back the sheet, we realised that she was now breathing. We rushed her to the hospital. She made a miraculous recovery. Several months ago, my daughter got married. Such is the power of praise. To God be the glory. This lady responded to her terrible tragedy by giving glory to God. In her case, God responded by bringing her daughter back to life, giving that which had been taken from her back to her. This was not something she expected or demanded. She probably didn't even hope for it, but accepted the situation that God had determined it. When we give ourselves completely over to God, we are able to accept all of God's decisions regardless of how they affect us. It is then that we are not, able, not only able to glorify God, but are moved to glorify Him. Job's example is still very relevant today. So let us give glory to God, not just because He does good things for us, but let us give glory to Him in every part of life. Give glory to God in your inner room. Give glory to God in your home. Give glory to God in your recreation. Give glory to God in your work. Give glory to God in your street. Give glory to God in your community. Give glory to God in your giving. Give glory to God in your receiving. Give glory to God in the morning. Give glory to God in the evening. Give glory to God in your health. Give glory to God in your sickness. Give glory to God in your gain. Give glory to God in your loss. Give glory to God always and in everything. Praise the Lord. As we contemplate the awesome and amazing God we worship, let us fall down with the 24 elders before the one who is seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever. Let us cast down our crowns everything we are and everything we own before the throne singing you are worthy our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created let me finish with this prayer written by john stott the well-known theologian and author and please pray with me in your hearts good morning heavenly father Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I worship you as the creator and sustainer of the universe. Lord Jesus, I worship you, Saviour and Lord of the world. Holy Spirit, I worship you, sanctifier of the people of God. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray that I may live this day in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray that this day I may take up my cross 
and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Holy, blessed, and glorious Trinity, three persons in one God, have mercy upon me. Amen.